an all-new segment to the Real Guy Podcast Sport My Review. Stephen Busaka is back on the Real Guy Podcast. He talks about his infatuation with otters, how he has reconnected with nature, and his time in landlocked Orlando. All this week on the Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. This is Captain Jeff. Welcome to the 189th episode of the Real Guy Podcast. On today's show, Busaka is back. That's right, everybody's favorite millennial. But before we get started with the main part of the show, I want to introduce a new segment called Sport My Review. This is where you, the audience, can win a free Real Guy Podcast t-shirt by simply giving us a five-star rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Our favorite review from last week comes from a guy that goes by the handle The North End to Gloucester. He said, Captain Jeff continuously gets lunkers in people's faces day after day in all counties around Florida. Real guys know this as being equivalent to all city. Well, thanks, North End to Gloucester, for writing a review, and we'll be sending you out a Real Guy Podcast t-shirt. So that's the review that we sported this week, and we appreciate it. But everybody's a winner um, in this segment. If you did any review at all, we're going to send you out an RTD sticker. Simply give us your address, and we'll get it right out to you. And thanks for participating in this week's Sport My Review. And without further ado, everybody's favorite millennial, Stephen Busaka. I'm we've back. Spent, we've spent more time recording than anybody. Yeah, actually, because just think of it. You and I did the first one that we ever did together, and that was three years ago, dude. Three years ago. I can remember that like it was yesterday. We were talking about deodorant. Right, body odor. Yeah. Do you know that... Um, we've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if, you listen to the, if you listen to the first six months, oh my God, the Jesus. audio was so bad. Some of the conversations were good. Some of the guests were great. Yeah. But the audio and the way we did them, and I didn't edit back then. I didn't know how to edit. No. And dude, remember the equipment that we had? Remember you bought that freaking microphone that was so sensitive it used to pick up tips walking across the wood floor in the other room? Right. Went through our bumps and boozes on the Real Guy podcast. Yeah, we did. The positive thing, since the day we started three years ago, the podcast has grown pretty much every month. We got a little plateau like after the first, say, 18 months for a little while. I remember that. And I was like, man, is that it? Are we not going to? But in the last 12 months, and we've actually... I and mean, we're coupling like every three months now, which is way more than I ever thought. And one of the dilemmas I have now is like if you go back two years ago and like when we went up to do Rufus, Tefusco, and, and George, George all on the same day. Yeah. So we had three great guests on, great recordings or whatever. But the audience was a tenth of what it is now. Yeah. And people don't go back a hundred episodes to listen to one. Dude, it was two years ago. Right. So my point is there's gotta be some way I can re upload those, re edit them, do something so the new v- listeners can hear some of those old interviews. Yeah. Without them having to be like, Oh, I think I'll go back two years and listen to the one we did with Rufus Wakeman. You see what I mean? I wonder if there's a way that you'll be able for the one with Rufus if you'll be able to edit out the the, Every time he used to smack his thigh. Right. In the right. <laughs> how loud that shit was. <laughs> Rufus smacking his thigh a hundred times during the podcast. I could edit out 50 of them now. It wouldn't be so bad. But exactly my point. Right? We did the body odor podcast. We did... Uh, One of our crowning moments to this day was the watercraft invasion, the jet ski invasion one. That podcast is... One of the most listened to podcasts that we've ever done. And I think it shows up on the search engines better than other ones for some reason. Does it really? Well, I think the Wave Runner thing, I think because people are searching to rent those things and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So that podcast gets listened to by, you know, random people because they... They may be searching They're for They're searching jet ski. and it pops up. Well, hopefully after they listen to it, maybe it'll change their mind about wanting to rent one. Speaking of jet ski rentals... So yesterday, we're on our way out to dinner, right? And those doofuses that have the jet ski rentals down there at George English Park, one of the 10 companies, 
totally lost one right in the middle of Sunrise Boulevard. You showed me the picture. Stopping traffic. I mean, just in case they didn't screw the park up enough and the flow of everything goes, they just bring it right out to Sunrise Boulevard. We'll drop one <laughs> drop of the jet right skis there. right there. So we got the boat ramp all screwed up, and now we got Sunrise Boulevard westbound screwed up. You know what? I think, see, I feel like that was kind of poetic that that happened. Because I feel like that gave people the opportunity to, to really see just how much of a menace they are. Not just on the water, but now on the road. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. The problem is, is the people that are offended by jet ski rental companies or the minority. Yeah. Most people think it's great. Oh, it's fucking great. We'll go down to the boat ramp, get on a jet ski for fucking 50 bucks. We can go and act like an idiot. And they think it's phenomenal. Then, you know, maybe 10% of the people down there think it's horrible and the problem with that is the city of fort lauderdale and uh hullover boat ramp they're doubling down they're making it easier and better for jet skiers and harder for regular recreational boaters and they're making it easier for jet ski rental companies which is really sad just pimping out the freaking pimping out the ramps the public ramps that we pay for for Jesky rental companies to get in our way and piss us off. You know, this, you know, the funny thing is every time, you know, I was in the keys, um, for new year's weekend and I seen, you know, I, I brought my paddleboard out there and, you know, I paddled for three hours, saw manatees, saw uh, American crocodile. That was pretty cool. All that life out there. I can hear them from a mile away coming Jet skis, and yeah. they all have a look to them too. I've noticed. Have you noticed that? The people that are hardcore in the jet skis, they have a look. They typically are tatted out. You know what? I, I don't know. They just they, let me not go down that road, but I just feel like they always have a look to them. Yeah, they do have a look. They look like they don't fit in. Exactly. That no, that was what I was trying to say. I couldn't figure out how to word it, but it's okay. You can offend people. It's okay. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I, but dude, this is my first time back on in so long. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to go full in this early might as well because i mean norm has already freaking offended everybody and has pissed everybody off so yeah he was doing that before the podcast too but (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) they love you norm gives you a little bit of a buffer (laughs) true and and yeah and norm doesn't uh he doesn't care he actually takes pride in it yeah no he does it better he does it better than most people though i gotta give him credits to irritate people and offend everybody (laughs) but he's he's good at it though you know what i mean yeah you know but um but no i seen him coming uh you know, but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today, though, kind of going back into, you know, all the wildlife I saw down there in the Keys. So, you know, not to go too much into it, but, you know, the past about year, you know, I haven't been fishing as much, you know, kind of personal stuff and uh, don't have the money to do it like I used to. Hopefully that'll change soon. But without being able to fish too much, you know, because I get bored and I had to find some other things to do. So, you know, my mom and sister live up in the central Florida area. Orlando. Yep. And so I had gone, you know, I typically go up to that area. And uh, I know they got the St. John's River up there. And I've been hearing about the St. John's River from uh, my boy Flip. Because, you know, Flip lives up there, too. So the Saint, doesn't the St. John's start in Orlando? No, I think it goes up further, actually. I think it starts further up near Jacksonville. I could be wrong on that. No, it ends up by Jacksonville. Is that where it ends? Yeah, it comes out of the Jacksonville um whatever they call the inlet there, the big port they have there. The St. John's ends up flowing out of Jacksonville, but I think it starts. So then it starts. Okay. So then it must start, start in Orlando. Start up or Orlando. Okay. So, you know, I've been hearing about that for years because of Flip. And I'd gone up to see my mom. Guy, yeah, I know. Here guy, we go. Here guy we go. Hasn't <laughs> been a, guy hasn't been on the podcast in freaking six months. He's on here for 10 minutes and he's name dropping already. <laughs> Hey, you said it. We either go big or we go home, dude. dude it's, it's, way to be consistent. That's all I can hey, tell you. It's like riding a bike. Nothing's changed. And I want people to think like anything's changed. Not only have you been the podcast host and the most podcast recordings from a guest, but you've also dropped more names on the podcast than anybody's Probably ever anybody. even tried to create it. So anyway, Flip says... Flip always talked. <laughs> we got to get him on here one day, man. So Flip always talked about the St. John's River Marsh. And just for the hell of it, I decided to do some research. Right. And to try to see if there was any cool places to hike along there, you know, just to kind of see it. So I found a place. Dude, I go hiking through there by myself. It was I went early morning. I wanted to be there before everybody. 
dude, I'm walking. And it's, I mean, you're walking literally through marsh. I mean, there's no boardwalks or anything. I mean, you're literally walking through marsh. Right. Dude, I come around the corner and there's a freaking black bear standing about 10 feet away from me. How big? 250, 300. Really? Yes. Not a, not the biggest one, but I mean, dude. That's, I think that's pretty big for a black bear. 250, 300. It's about average for Florida black bears. All right. But standing right there, and it was the coolest damn thing, dude. Now, mind you, I, I as I mentioned before, my dad and I hunted for many years, so we saw bears up there. But, dude, I haven't seen a bear in years. Did he growl at you or anything? No. Nothing. He, he, I stood there, watched him, and... Did he, he shake you down for your lunch pail or anything? No, thank the Lord. He wouldn't have gotten much if he did. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, he kind of sat there and stared at me for a little bit, and then he just turned and walked away. And so then I went back again the next day. Right. Same spot. Hiking through there. And I found a whole bunch of wild hogs in there. What do you mean you found them? What I'm walking through. I'm, I'm, I hear this noise and I'm looking in there and there's the hogs right there. <laughs> so bears, hogs. And, uh, you know, I see deer and turkey too. And then um, you'll see where I'm going with this in a second. And then, um, so that's one way that I've been kind of keeping busy, but also just kind of reconnecting with the woods, which is something I hadn't done in a while. Like, dude, I freaking was messaging back and forth with Bob Branham about a month ago and he was telling me about a bald eagle nest that i could go visit those two names now okay that's two yep <laughs> we're gonna keep going so there's a bald eagle nest that i go to now and check out i got videos and all kinds of stuff on there so now that the third one this morning i go up to the um loxahatchee area they got a freaking trail through there beautiful and i'm walking along and i see something moving right by the canal and I walk over there, and freaking river otter pops up. A river otter. Yeah, and I and it takes off like five, like like right further that chair is like five feet away from me, and that really I was really bummed. I, I had my camera out and I thought I was recording, and my dumbass forgot to hit record, and it was right there. <laughs> so, so you missed the. I missed the otter. You missed the Instagram. I missed the Insta post, man. <laughs> I was bummed about that, but but anyways, where I'm going with this is, you know, we a big topic that we've talked about for you know, years now is, you know, the overdevelopment in Florida, right? All the issues that we've experienced in a damage to our environment. And, you know, it's funny. I, the reason I like to have these videos, cause I had the hogs and the bear on video and I post them on Instagram. I get everybody comments like, Whoa, that's so awesome. Da, da, da. Well, the reason I do that is I want people to really see, cause some people have no idea that this stuff is down here right? and they live here. Right. I want people to see this. And understand just why it's so important that we're trying to protect the environment and why they should be upset about all the development and all the drain runoff and the dredging in the Everglades and yada, yada, yada. Because how many places can you go in the country that you have the opportunity to see all those animals in one state? Right. I mean, you know, that to me, that's pretty special. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, mind you, I love seeing that stuff. And it was interesting just these past couple months doing all that stuff and seeing all this stuff. And it kind of brought me back to all the conversations that we had about, you know, we need to start practicing responsible development. There's a, and if I'm rambling here, you know, cut me off. That's good. That's what podcasts are for. You ramble like a son of a bitch. (laughs) And we do it good. (laughs) So um, there's another park up by my mom's up there in Orlando. It's called the Econ River Wilderness Area. It's a, very nice little place. They got all like gopher tortoises and armadillos around. It, it, it's nice. Nice little place to go walk. Dude, I just read that apparently in, when COVID first started when in 2020, in the heat of COVID, when we had that whole lockdown, right. some freaking sleazy developer was trying to buy it and build. Imagine and it that. was by chance that the community got wind of it and they had to do a vote. And thankfully they voted not to get rid of it and have them develop on it. Yeah, usually those votes happen and nobody knows anything, and then the developer wins every developer, single time. Yeah, but how 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 insane it? It doesn't it doesn't surprise me because we had talked about that when COVID was going on, of how people got slick right. trying to freaking do that. But I just it, it just makes me wonder. I what my hope is that when people see all this wildlife that I'm posting, you know, it maybe might encourage them. To want to get involved in stuff like that, like votes saying like, no, we're voting not to have this park destroyed. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned the word voting because um, I've been going back and forth. Remember Nyla Pipes? Yes. All right. So Nyla 
It's been about two years since the last time we had her on the podcast. She's done a whole bunch of stuff since then. But Nyla pays attention to the different politicians. And um, Kantner, Steve Kantner and I came up with this idea. What we want to do is we want to make two lists. We want to make the list of politicians that are pro-wildlife, pro-environment. Environment, and then the ones that are fake environmentalists. They say shit and then do the opposite. But anyway, a good guy, bad guy list for politicians. So then we can tell people and educate people who the good guys and the bad guys are because it's so fucking confusing. Yeah. There's so many of them. Nobody knows. Yeah. You know, and then if there is a good guy, you know, they, um, I don't know. How do I say it? They're politicians. You know, they're great guys until they're elected again and then they do whatever the hell they want. As a matter of fact... It's funny. Remember this? So when we did the protest here on the river, the Cooper guy who was running against, right, who was running against Trantalis, and they both came up with a bullet list of all the things they were going to do to help restore the waterways here after the record sewage spell, right? They came up with a punch list of all the things they were going to do, which they got from me. I which was about that. right, which was put mangroves back in the system, put water filters goats. on the drains, water goat systems. We had a whole punch list. Yeah. And they ran on this. And Cooper lost. Dean won. He ran on the same exact things. I had him out on the boat. And then they got elected and they didn't do any of them. Any of them. And then we weren't the only ones. All across the state, these loser politicians ran on water and did nothing once they got in. If they did or they didn't, it's hard to pay attention. Yeah. Here we're Fort, talking about the whole state. Here in Fort yeah. Lauderdale, I'm looking, and I know for a fact they haven't done anything here. But like I said, a good guy, bad guy less. Who's doing good and who's doing bad? And I think that'll help maybe a little bit. I think that'd be or a great lot. idea. I mean, have you got, has Nyla started that list yet or no? Nyla doesn't even know that's what I'm asking her for. Oh, so this is just you and Cantor, so you haven't even... But we reached out to Nyla and uh, told her that we wanted to do another, or asked her if she would do another recording and that we were interested in doing another one. And that's what we were going to use her for, because she actually knows and pays attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it takes somebody to dedicate 100% of their time on it just to keep up with it. Yeah. And if you go to work and you have a regular job, like most of us do... Physically, almost physically impossible. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with all that stuff, especially if you're working. Right. Which has always been, of course, my argument is the narrative of it all. Until we create the narrative where everybody says the same exact thing and understands the problems that we have um, clearly, nothing's ever really going to happen because it takes too much energy to figure it all out. When the narrative finally changes... And every politician in the whole state come up with a punch list. And then if they do it or they don't, we can hold them accountable at that particular time. But the problem with all this shit is, uh, you know, it takes four years. Once the guy's in, it takes four years to get him out. Yeah. So it takes fucking forever, which is one of the biggest problems that we're having. But if the narrative was there, and think about it, the narrative, all the different things that... Uh, that narrative has has done that we've been able to see one of the easiest ones to explain is the paper straw narrative someone spent a lot of dough to get that paper straw narrative out there now everybody knows about the paper straw thing yeah is it working well of course it's not working because the paper straw thing has been going on for three years you see any less pollution out there no right so the narrative was there like the, I, I was going to say the intention was good and the narrative just, was there. Yeah. But that's bullshit. The paper straw thing. All right, I, so this is trunk market up here. So in these places, you millennials and shit like to hang out. What, which one? Cis trunk market. <laughs> yeah. It's right, it's right up here. Yes. It's when, you know, I, I, Nicole makes me go there the other night. Okay. All right. And we go there and it's a little weird because you, you order all your food with your phone. As you're sitting there? Yeah, there's no waitress. There's, you only have the servers. You order on your phone, they bring out the food. So we sit in there. It's me, there's a man, his wife, Nicole and I. And all this food starts coming to the table. Yeah. 
and Bursa's wife was in charge of ordering because she could actually see her phone and everything. And um, <laughs> you're blind as a bat. Right, I got it. it. <laughs> right. So she's ordering, and uh, food starts coming. I'm like, "Did you order this?" And she's like, "Gee, I think so. I don't know. I'm not sure if I did it right." And food just keeps coming and keeps coming. So I'm asking the guy that's bringing the food, who's not the person that takes the order, because you take the order with your phone. He's just a server dude, and he's like, "Yeah, this is the table it's supposed to come to." So all this food's coming. I'm like, Jesus Christ. She ordered like, you know, way too much. And we keep asking, are you sure this is our food? And they're like, yeah. And, I'm like, and we're thinking it's like our mistake. But no, it was their mistake. The persons that were at that table before us, their party got too big. They moved them to another table. Are you serious? And the food kept coming. And then they wanted me to pay for the food. Right. I mean, I've never been there. And now you're you'll, making me feel like I don't want to no, go No, you'll there. probably like it. Because um, I'm a millennial? <laughs> well, it's just you're, you're one of them. But anyway, the, the point was is the paper straw thing was strong in there, right? But everything they brought out was served with paper plates. I'm sorry, plastic plates, plastic um, oh, utensils. utensils, plastic cups. I mean, just plastic everything. And then... Paper, paper straws. straws. It defeats the purpose, though. <laughs> it's just the stupidest shit ever. We'll do it. And, and the people in there are like, oh, definitely, you know, I got to have a paper straw. And then everything else comes out. But I'm just, my point is, the narrative took that bullshit paper straw thing to a level that everybody can accept. Everybody buys into. You know what I mean? That's what the environmental movement in the coastal communities needs to be. It needs to have the narrative where everybody gets it. Everybody wants to buy into it. Right. And then now that we've been preaching this for so long, we know exactly what we're preaching, which is three things, right? It's water flow, captains for clean water's argument, the water management system, so water flow. And then it's drain runoff, and then it's septic and, and uh, sewage. sewage. Those are the three things, you know? Now, the development thing that you're talking about now in my opinion, the developers are going to be the ones that bail us out in the long run. Really? Well, yeah, because if they knew and they were required to do things in an environmentally friendly way, they would do it. The problem is now is nobody's making them do it, and they don't know. I was going to say because they might not even know. Right. And that freaking lake over by my parents' house. Oh, uh, up by Punta Gorda? In Punta Gorda. What's it called again? It's, well, the lake, I think, is called Paradise Lake, but... That lake, surrounded by trees with all that wildlife, they just built an old folks home across. First thing they did, four hundred feet of trees gone right off the right off the right off the pond there. That's what I mean, dude. Sea walls going in, the big drains going right into that pond. You know what I mean? And it could have been so easy for that developer, probably less expensive, not to put a seawall in and leave the natural coastline, and then build like a boardwalk around it, like you do when you go to these parks and stuff. Yeah. And the city of Punta Gorda doesn't get that. The developers are never going to get that until the narrative becomes so strong where they have to seek out alternatives to what they're doing now. Yeah. Gabish? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny when I went to that park, when I went there this morning, I mean, mind you, it's, you're kind of looking, you're like, eh, it's a little bit developed here, but then they have this sanctuary in there and it's a nice little area. And, dude, they got all the waiting birds. I haven't seen them, but apparently spoonbills go in there quite a bit. And they got otters. You know, and it's the coolest freaking thing. You know, those otters are son of a bitch. If they're, if they're rabid, yes. Not even if they're just rabid. Well, to the gators, yeah. They eat a lot of fucking fish. Mostly and, frogs, though, I these, found out. The otters, the otters get into places and devastate the fish population. I don't know if you knew that I believe not. that. It's true. I believe that. So the otters are kind of like son of the bitches. They are cool, though. <laughs> they are cool looking. We used to have otters in the New River. What? Yep. In you used to see otters in the New River? In the 80s, in the back of the river, you'd see otters up there. You'd see the crocodiles like you're talking about, alligators, shit like that. In the New River? In the New River, in the 80s. I was going to say there ain't no way to... <laughs> There ain't no otter living in the New River now, I can tell you that. No, it's just rats and cockroaches and buzzards. Dude, you know what's crazy, though? I didn't realize how tough otters actually are. Why, did you fight one or something? Well, no, but, like, dude, like, they, somebody told me one time, like, a small alligator, if it tries to attack an otter, probably the worst mistake it'll ever make. 
So you think, uh, Dude, an they'll can... tear up a freaking gator. They do got some nice chompers. You see their teeth? How about their claws? Like, I mean, it's funny. They're, they're actually, typically, they're pretty shy of human. Like I said, I mean, the one looked up and saw me and just ran. But, no, dude, like, they'll, if a freaking gator goes after them, they'll freaking retaliate. Nice. Especially if there's a couple of them. Anything, anything in the weasel family is, like, usually a total badass. Like Wolverine. Hmm. Wolverine's a weasel. That's like a total badass. That's kind of weird. Because you use the word slang weasel like like it's like, you know, not a, not a badass. Like, look at that weasel, you know? Nah. Well, I see what you're saying. Like, if I was talking about like a politician, I'd call him a weasel too, right. but he's not a badass. Right. That's my point. Usually we gotta, weasel. We'll have to make another list of who the badass weasels are in politics, right? <laughs> So you were you were pretty um, you were pretty down Orlando when your mom first moved up there and you were visiting and stuff. So dude, I hated it because so, there was nothing for me to do. So so what did you do to find the estuaries and stuff to go hiking and paddling and shit up there? Well, so one of them actually came from a girl that was uh, working for me, who right. lives up in the area, and uh, she's kind of into nature like I am, and we started talking one day about just all the stuff that you can see up there, and she was like. Oh, you know, there's actually a trail over in this area. And there's a thing in Celebration, Florida. You can go see all of that. And I'm like, really? And so I started doing my research. And it was interesting because once I found out about all these hiking trails, like I actually enjoy going up to see my mom and sister in Orlando. As opposed to before, where it was like, well, okay, I'm going to come up there. I don't want to go to Disney. And that's like typically what my mom wants to do. Right. So there was like nothing for me to do up there. I will tell you the funny thing, that last time when I went on the trail and saw the black bear, my mom was supposed to come with me that morning. And thank the Lord that she didn't. She would have probably had a heart attack. She wouldn't handle that well? I don't think so. I think it would have been like, remember in Scooby-Doo, where he used to jump up on Shaggy and have him in his arms and have his arms and legs wrapped around his head? That would have been my mom. <laughs> I remember that on Scooby-Doo. How do you remember that? Dude, I used to watch old Scooby-Doo growing up. I want, Dude, you got to remember, I got an old soul. So I was like really into Dude, you know what I watched last night actually? Speaking of old soul. What? You remember that movie The Lost Boys? I do. I watched it for the first time last night. And? Not bad. For a vampire movie. <laughs> hey. Whatever floats your boat. Hey. Entertainment, you know. Amen to that. But no, I just, after seeing all that stuff and, you know, like I said, seeing that otter this morning, all those birds and just... Hell, even the bald eagle's nest. I mean, it just, you look at all that stuff and it's just like, like, we really got to make sure that we're protecting this stuff. It's funny you mentioned bald eagles because Victoria and I were leaving Punta Gorda the other day and there was two bald eagles sitting on the side of this little pond. On the ground? Yeah. Really? And I drove by, saw them and Victoria didn't. So we did a UE, went back, took a good look at them. She's never seen a bald eagle before. It was sitting on the shore of one of these overdeveloped areas, doing the best it could, being a bald eagle. So the bald eagle's sitting on the shore, and then the development's right behind it. Jesus. All these friggin' mobile homes and places behind it. And then, you know, the eagles are sitting on the shoreline with the clean, crut grass and, you know, not in exactly what you would call a natural environment. But they were trying. I was going to say they're just trying to get by out there, dude. Right. They're just like, I'm, we used to fly over here. <laughs> and they still land and they're trying. But it's. Uh, they're probably sitting there just trying to find a damn fish. What's well, the thing? And the. Uh, like I said, I don't think. That. We're ever going to stop the development. But I do think we can change the way we develop to live Side by side with nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? And seawalls. Man, we got to quit putting in seawalls. At the rate. All right. So you're going to Orlando, right? 400,000 people live in Orlando. Okay. 400,000 people are moving to this state every year. So we're putting a new Orlando in this state every single year. So I'm happy that you brought that up because there's something that's kind of been bothering me a little bit. Is, you know, and I, I would argue that we would live, that we live in possibly the best state in, in the country for a few reasons. I, I would argue that. But here's my issue that I've learned is 
I think we start. We need to start being a little bit more modest because of all this bragging. It's causing more and more people to move here, and COVID, of course. It was funny. It was a blessing and a curse that we didn't shut down because then all of a sudden more people wanted to try to move here. And do you know why? The Yankees up north are tired of the cold? No, because that became the narrative. <laughs> it did. Every friggin' news station in the whole friggin' world was telling you to go to Florida for the last two years because you're allowed to go outside and enjoy the sun. Yeah. And how quick did that narrative catch on? Dude, too quick. Right. It's all about narrative. Dude, have you have you ever read that book? Um, it's called Gladesman. I have not. Have you heard about it? Yes. And it's I was I've been reading a little bit of it. And it's pretty damn cool. Um, they talk about gator hunting. Um, they were talking about the guy how the otters of how they you know back in like the early 1900s they'd trap and skin otters. They'd get the gators. Everything. It's pretty interesting stuff. But the guy. Um, that the book is based on one of the things that he had said was he said my hope was that the mosquitoes and the hurricanes would have driven the yankees out of our state but it didn't and that quote really stuck with me because it's true it is true it's like it, it, as as horrible as this is to say i almost feel like we need to have more hurricanes and then maybe it might drive some of these freaking people out. Well, hurricanes used to be an excuse why people did not move here. Yeah. That was the narrative back then. Yep. That narrative is gone, and now the narrative is to, to move to Florida. But the mosquito thing, we just eliminated them. We developed so much that we've eliminated mosquitoes. I live in downtown Fort Lauderdale. I haven't got a mosquito bite in years years i don't see mosquitoes there are no mosquitoes bouncer um talks about the mosquito larvae and how every bouncer yep bouncer it's um i did that podcast with ab raymond he was telling me that bouncer would explain to him that as the mosquito larvae is disappearing so is all the wildlife that would grow up on that stuff little baby snooks and tarpons and brims and all that shit they start off eating Mosquito larvae. Eliminate the mosquito larvae. It's kind of like the bottom of the chain. Yeah. And then... It works its way up. Right. And here in South Florida, like you're saying, the gladesmen would think that the mosquitoes were going to be the the deteriorant. Now, there is no mosquitoes. We've developed so much here and have sprayed and killed them so much that there's huge sections of Florida that don't even have mosquitoes anymore. How about that? Jesus microcosm of it all the mosquito larvae gone yeah yeah no one's getting bit in the ass by mosquitoes anymore no one's running from them but here's my hope is that when this covid thing dies down a little bit more which i'm hoping will be next year but then again we've been saying that for three years now um that a lot of these people will go back up north do you know what a halfback is i've heard of it what is it this is great so the i'm fishing with some guys from the carolinas the other day and I'm telling them about how many of my friends are buying houses in the Carolinas. That start that area is starting to take off too. It's it's especially in the coastal communities, but also up in the mountains and stuff, and where it's most pristine. People are moving there, and they're destroying that. But the <laughs> um, the um, my point was, there's a term called halfbacks. And these guys from Carolinas were telling me, yeah, a halfback is the guy that came from the Northeast, New York, New Jersey. Massachusetts moved to Florida. Now Florida's getting overrun and getting crazy expensive. So now they're buying in the Carolinas. So yes. They, so they're going halfway back. I, dude, I'm not even joking. I've heard about that. They right. come down from the north. They move down here. Right. And then they kind of get tired of it down here. Like maybe they're like, I don't like all the heat or something like that. And then they go to freaking the Carolinas. Well, and they also make a bunch of money because if you lived here for six or seven years and owned a home. The property value goes, goes up, up, and now you can buy something in the Carolinas. So all these guys that are doing that are called halfbacks. I never knew that was they the go term halfway, for them. Well, it's new. I just getting getting into it now because they explained it to me. So these people halfway they back. move halfway back to New York, <laughs> so they call them halfbacks. So we, we like like we, we like we get like jet ski guys and stuff that we're making fun of. They're making fun of the halfbacks, and I'm sure the halfbacks are bothering the piss out of those old rednecks. 
Can you imagine freaking my mother-in-law Rose moving next to some freaking redneck that's been there for freaking three generations, some whiskey freaking moonshiner dude, and now she's listening to some lady from Brooklyn? Jesus. He'd right? probably be ready to kill himself. I big guarantee he's like shaking his head going, how the hell did this happen? Yeah. But no, it's, it's happening. <laughs> big time. I knew somebody that did that. They grew up in freaking Jersey, moved down here, said that they hated it, and they moved to North Carolina. Half back. Yep. Went halfway back. Halfway back. I don't even talk to them no more, but yeah, they did the exact same thing. They come down here, and then they decide to go to North Carolina. So now I feel bad for Ted Bishop and all those folks in the Carolinas. Right. Right. Ted, hold the line up there, brother. Hold the line. All you guys hold the line up there. It's your coastal community. If you guys don't do it, they're just going to take it over like they did down here and like they're doing down there now. I feel bad for that Charleston area because I know what's happening there. I just went there. The growth? A few, about two months ago, I was there. Yeah, the growth rate is insane. I heard about I got to tell you, it's a beautiful area. But the problem is that you have these beautiful areas and everybody wants to move there because it's beautiful. But then they destroy it. Right. They go there and then fill it with concrete. Yeah. And then they decide to move and go to another pristine area and they'll destroy that. Right. And right. it's a vicious cycle. Right. You know, and I don't mean to sound like I'm, you know, anti-North, but I'm just saying, you know. You're not anti-North. You're just anti the shit that happens when overdevelopment happens. And the people from the North... I don't know if they're more guilty or more naive, more ignorant, but like, I don't know. It's hard to get more ignorant than some of the people that have been here in Florida that let it happen. But anyway, that is true. <laughs> they just not, you know, they don't understand what's going on while they're following these trends. Yeah. Which brings me back to what narrative, <laughs> right? I missed how we used to bring everything full circle. That's kind of a longer dog thing. It is. Yes. It is. It is nice having to sit down and have podcasts with Dude. you. Dude. You know, the the audience has missed you severely. I, you know, that was one of the things I was, I was actually wondering, like, I wonder if the audience even misses me. Dude, I, I don't read the, I don't read the comments anymore and I don't read the emails anymore, but I would say probably get eight or nine a week. And really? One, yeah. They're like, where's Busaka? Where's Busaka been? What's up with Busaka? And then, That's nice to hear, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't respond. <laughs> I wonder if people thought you and I had a falling out like freaking O'Gorman. Ooh, no, because they would ask me. That's true, and it would have went like crazy viral. viral. Anything that happens with O'Gorman gets it out. Gets, it just it's, gets out. It's, it's like wildfire. Right, it's on the web. <laughs> oh my god, people know. No, dude, it feels it. It feels good to be back in here, and it's and it, you know the other thing I was wondering too is. You know, because it's been over six months, Jeff, like it's probably been closer to like 10 months since right. you and I have had to sit down. Right. And one of the things I was wondering is, you know, am I still going to remember how to record? And I got to tell you, man, just sitting here doing it, it's, it's like riding a bike. Well, dude, dude, conversation. I mean, you know, if you can have good conversation, then you can do a good recording. It's pretty easy. Amen to that. Yeah. The, um. But the question that I get beside where's Busaka, people want you to call the Sheep's Head Run still. When we have our Sheep's Head Run, you know, every winter. Isn't it going on like right now probably too? Right. And that's why I mentioned it because people are asking me, when's Busaka going to call the Sheep's Head Run? We need to do it. Do it. You know what's sad? And I know you're going to say this. We've been talking about doing it for years now. We need to actually, I need to do it, man. It's dude. The last time I caught a sheep's head, you mean do a sheep's head session? Yes. Okay. The last time that I fished for sheep's head, and I still remember this was 2017. Really? It's 2022. Well, you do know there's a reason I don't refer to you as a shepherd anymore. Cause I haven't caught a sheep's head in years. Well, and then you started hanging out with Carl and all the freaking beautiful people and all the fancy <laughs> cities around, around the country and stuff. And, you know, you're just not the shepherd anymore. In the old days, you know, we caught you freaking climbing around docks and getting sea roaches and stuff for bait. Anything else you had to do? Like the Dude, shepherd. I was, hard, I was hardcore into it. Right. You were the shepherd. Now it's just Busaka. We got to do it. Somebody has to represent Somebody the sheep's head people. It. And they adopted you to do that. And then 
You left them cold, Pusaka. <laughs> you left the sheep's head people cold. I'm just. I guess I got some making up to do, don't I? <laughs> well, dude, you catch a half a dozen sheep's head, you'd be right back to the, being the shepherd again. Dude, I, you know, I've always wondered that if I just caught like a lunker sheep's head and just we posted it, I feel like that thing would blow up. Yeah, kind of like the redfish photo. The redfish photo, which one? Anytime we catch a redfish. Oh, that's true. In Lauderdale, everybody freaks out. Everybody freaks out. Well, whether I go to the West Coast or someplace else to catch a redfish, they're like, oh, yeah, redfish. But when the worm got, you saw the post yes, with the it worm. Was big, dude. Right. Big. Which one of the four that she got was big? All of them. Anyway, the redfish thing. Ever since I've known you, anytime that you've posted a redfish, everybody, the internet like breaks. Right. And then. Sheep's head aren't far behind. And, True. And I did not know that. I did not know that until we did the sheep's head video <laughs> with Drew, the whole shepherd thing, and then this huge momentum, all the sheep's head people. They kind of came out of the woodwork. I can't. Right. You know, I'm going to tell you something. It was actually kind of flattering because it got to a point where anytime I posted a sheep's head, like 10 people would then go out and fish for them and want to post them. Right. Well, I think what's probably going to happen is the conservation groups like CCA, how they use the redfish. Are going to start using the sheep's head? Well, when they realize the numbers that they can get, and they realize that, oh, yeah, sheep's head's a big thing. Everybody can, uh, yeah. They'll start trying to spawn sheep's head in captivity. Right. And then they'll start having mass releases. Right. And then maybe maybe on the opposite side of the state, on the north side of the state, or up in the panhandle where sheep's head are real prevalent, Instead of it being the Bonefish Tarpon Trust, it'll be the, the, the Sheep's Head Redfish Trust. Right, the Sheep's Head Redfish Trust. And well, then they'll do all this crazy yeah. environmental stuff and science. And maybe they'll drop a freaking concrete slab over there as artificial reef. Right. Artificial oyster freaking beds. Oh, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. And the, the podcast that everybody's going to listen to right before this one, I go over it. Mm-hmm. But um, where's I going with this? We're talking about oyster beds. Oh, right. So the Brevard County Zoo up in the Titusville area okay. is doing a clam bed project. No, they're not. Yes, they are. And I'm reading the article about the, the clam bed project that they're starting. And I'm like, man, this is awfully familiar. Dude, if I took out the word clam... And took out the word Brevard Zoo and replaced it with CCA and Oyster. It would be exactly the same shit that they did here two years ago. Where they put oyster farms and oyster. Yeah, and they so all died. Far, right. One survived. Right. And exactly the same campaign. Like the verbiage and everything was the same. Like I said, if I took out Brevard County Zoo and put CCA, then I took out the word clam and put oyster, the exact same program. And I've seen this type of program go on and on and on for years and years and years. And personally, they're not bad programs, but these programs, the narrative are, is there. The narrative's <laughs> there. The program is there. The PR is there. It sounds real good, but you know, they put in the cart before the horse. You're going to replant clams in the same polluted area that killed them off. And you know, you can't have the clams without having the good water. So you fix the water and then the clams will come. Yep. But like they're doing this clam project and clams. I'm getting so tired of watching the same shit every year as we lose. Unanimously lose. We don't win anything. The captains for clean waters thing. Yes. Are they making progress? Yes. Are we winning? No. Is fishing better this year than it was last year? No. Is it better than it was five years ago? So we're losing. You know, people get all, you know, uh, how do I say it? Sensitive. People get sensitive, okay, about all the different foundations and if they're doing good or if they're doing bad and that kind of thing. Regardless what's happening, whether they're doing good or bad, a lose is a lose is a lose. If fishing's getting worse. If the wildlife issues are getting worse, if there's more pollution, there's more freaking bad water this year than there was five years ago, I don't care how all the good things that are happening, we're still losing. Yeah. You feeling me? Yeah. And that's the way I'm going about it from now on. 
I'm not talking about who's doing what or who's doing good, who's wasting their time. I'm not even we're either winning or losing, and we are losing. All those foundations out there. How many hundreds of foundations out there? All the people out there that think they're doing something good. The paper straw people. We're losing, people. Listen to Captain Jeff. We're losing. Okay? So you can go back to the plastic straw. Don't worry too much about the paper straw. And let's put people in office that are actually going to lead. That are actually going to do a punch list. And actually cool. follow it. <laughs> Correct. And let that be a priority. And maybe take their head out of their ass and think of something themselves. I know that's really far-fetched. Probably just offended a bunch of people with that statement, too. A whole bunch of people that buy into the freaking Kool-Aid that their foundations are, are giving them. Yeah. Or a bunch of people that are buying into the Kool-Aid that their politicians are giving them. probably offended them all. And I hope I offended them yeah. all. No, you, hopefully you made them think. Right. Because people do think differently after they hear real guys actually break it down. You know what I mean? As opposed to the same old fluff from the politicians from the foundations. Politicians are looking for votes. Foundations are looking for donations. Yep. That's I mean, fact. Perfect example was, remember when you and I did the, uh, we did the protest for Biscayne Bay. Remember that? That was, dude, do you know that was two years ago we did that? We attended it, yeah. Yeah. And the politicians that got up there and they were waving their fists and screaming and right. rah, rah. Right. And what came of that? Nothing. They did nothing. That's what I mean. They did nothing. Yeah. That's the thing with Nyla. We're going to do the good guy, bad guy list. We need to make that thing go viral. The good guy, bad guy list? Yeah. <coughs> we need to make it the narrative. That's my whole thing going forward. All these guys, all the scientists that we interviewed and stuff, they can figure out all the science. Yeah. And all that crap. I'm just pushing the narrative. Because until the narrative happens, nothing else is going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's like we always said, you know, we don't need another scientist or biologist to tell us what the issues are. We know what the issues are. We got it. Right. Yeah. Now we just need to actually, like you said, now create the narrative. For the solution. For the solution. Right. Right. So. In my opinion, the two, all right, here are my two, my two calls to action that I would like the government to get ahead of. Okay, the two things that I think would work immediately. The government for flow for the state, or are you talking about for the country? Anywhere. Okay. Government, period. All right. So we have these municipalities, and we have our sewage uh, systems. Okay? If the sewage system hasn't been upgraded in the last 30 years, how can we not make it mandatory for those systems to be upgraded? It's already paid for. The taxpayers that are moving in have already stroken the checks for it, but for some reason that's not happening. And how simple would it be? It makes common sense that you would build the infrastructure out before you put the toilets in, but it's happening the opposite way. Like you said, they're putting the cart before the horse. Right. That's not hard to figure out. How old's your infrastructure? When's the last time you updated it? How many toilets are now plugged into that infrastructure compared to when it was built? And it's very easy to know. And then it should be a requirement that those municipalities bring their infrastructure up to a level that can now support the development that's happening. I mean, it's common sense, but it's not happening. The stupidest shit in the world's happening. People are building whole cities on infrastructure that haven't been friggin' replaced in 50, 50 years. years you know what i mean so that's what i mean by the uh it's simple it's paid for no one can say that oh we need money for that no we already pay for that now the government didn't steal the money and do other stuff with it we wouldn't have the issue but anyway that's one of the things the other things is mangroves and you know why i think mangroves because you don't need somebody from the government to manage a mangrove. A mangrove will grow by itself. All you got to do is plant it. Didn't that kid, what was it, like a year or two ago, They he organized where they planted mangroves again? Yeah, they got like 50 feet of mangroves in. That's it. We're, we, it's don't have any place, we don't have any place left to plant them. Yeah, it's all seawall. Right. So the mangrove system 
immediately brings back wildlife. And it's yeah. not going to clean up the water and make everything, you know, back to normal. But it will give a place for wildlife to hang out. Yeah. Most importantly is we don't have to have the city or any type of government manage mangroves. You they just I mean? do their own thing. They do it. They're super resilient. They can live in all the pollution that's out there right now. All you got to do is plant them. That's it. Everything else, all the other systems, now you need people to make those systems work. You know what I mean? Like, say we're going to do the water goat system. And we're going to put water goats all over the canal system, right? But then you need people to drive boats. You need people to pick up the trash. You need a place to dispose of the trash. And there would actually be management of people that would make that system work. And as we can see, the governments don't manage anything. No. So the mangroves will work without that element. Yeah. And that's why I'm a huge proponent. You know what I mean? Like, I love the thing that John Lowe's did with the clean waters apparatuses, the protein skimmer. Oh, yeah, that's right. So let's say that protein skimmer, for argument's sake, is the best thing since sliced bread. Well, now the government has to buy those things, man those things, and manage those things. They suck at that. Right. Solution? The government should pay private companies to do that for them the problem with that is it would cost them money well whether it costs the money or not the problem with that is is then you would expect the government to hold those companies accountable which they're not going to which they're not going to do because they're a bunch of morons yeah so anyway mangroves i love mangroves you know what i mean that's why they're a beautiful thing dude well Every place that there's still a few mangroves left, there's bait, wildlife. Yeah, birds, everything. Right. So anyway, that's my, my big push. Our narrative. My narrative. That's our narrative. I'm sticking to that. I think that's what we should call this episode, too. The narrative. The narrative. I like that. Busaka's back. So is the narrative. See, this is why you and I do well together when we record. We, yep. like, feed off each other with that stuff. In other words, you buy into each other's bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> I think that's a good... Let's end the podcast right there. <laughs> we'll run that dog, then. Run that dog. <laughs> <laughs>